Grab your Bibles today. I'm going to preach. I was beginning to wonder if uh, if I was going to preach today. The title of my message is Distractions. And I thought, God, are you telling me, I guess preaching could be a distraction if, if, you're, if you're wanting to move forward with this service, but I feel like the Lord kind of shifted gears a little bit, and so he must have a purpose for wanting this message to be preached to you today. Amen. There's a lot of things that, um, that make people walk away from the Lord, um, but I think probably one of the greatest tools the devil has has not been persecution. Uh, have you ever noticed that really when something bad happens, it doesn't draw people apart, it draws them together. If you have family issues going on in your family and all of a sudden there's a crisis, most of the time a family will come together. You might have a little bickering in the church family, you know, some personalities that just don't, you know, align with each other, but all of a sudden something tragic happens or something takes place and the, the church family will, they'll come together and they will, they will feel that security of having their brothers and sisters close to them. But the devil, I believe, his greatest tool is not persecution, but distraction. And that's why I want us today to understand over the next few minutes how important it is for us to stay focused in the hour in which we live and in the service in which we are today. Amen. Mark chapter 8 verse 13. The Bible says, And he left them and entering into the ship again departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. They had forgotten to take bread with them. Who forgets lunch? How many of you out there get to work and you're like, oh, I forgot my lunch again today? No, never. <laughs> Somebody was talking the other day. They have a coworker, and they said uh, he decided he was going to save save some lunch money. He wasn't. He spent a lot of money on lunch and. He said, uh, my coworker said, I brought my own lunch today and I brought it in. And he said, uh, my wife tells me I need to save some money. He said, the only problem was by 9.30 he'd already eaten his lunch and by noon he was out buying his, buying his second lunch. <laughs> the disciples had forgotten to take bread with them and it upset Jesus. And the Bible says in verse 15, he charged them saying, take heed. He saw a situation taking place here, and he said, I can make a lesson out of this. I can use this to benefit them. I can take something that, that they made a mistake at, and I can turn it into a life lesson here. He said he charged them take it and said, take heed. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, is it because we have no bread? In other words, they, they didn't quite get what Jesus was talking about here and so they began to assume that he was upset because they had forgotten to bring the bread along on the ship and when Jesus understood their confusion he knew it he said unto them why reason ye because ye have no bread perceive ye not yet neither do ye understand have ye your heart yet hardened having eyes see ye not and having ears hear ye not and do ye not remember jesus said 
it was just a few hours ago that you were standing in the presence of a great and a mighty miracle and here we are on this ship and you're still you're you're so distracted by everything that's going on around you that you have forgotten to bring some necessary items that we needed for this trip i just want to preach to you today distractions distractions amen would you put your bible down let's pray together that the lord would use his word to speak to our hearts right now would you lift your voices with me in the name of jesus lord we thank you today god for the power that is in this place for the power of the holy ghost we thank you right now jesus for the anointing that we have felt god you've brought us up to this point in time god i believe that the last 45 minutes lord have been in preparation god of preparing hearts to receive your word right now god i ask you lord in this day and hour in which we live god where we are so drawn god by so many different things in so many areas and arenas of life god that you would help us to remain focused upon you god over the next few short moments of time god let us draw our attention to your word god let our hearts be drawn to your spirit god teach us some things minister in this place in the name of jesus and would you clap your hands to the Lord of hosts this morning as we worship him and as we receive his word together today in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. I read this story uh, a few years back. I thought it quite interesting. I love this old song that, that we sing. I, I tried to sing it with my wife one time, and she did an excellent job, and I just... It didn't quite go over the way that I wanted to go over, but I love the song, and I'll catch myself singing this song, uh, and this story I'm about ready to tell you reminds me of this song, uh, but it starts off the verse, uh, men often dream of faraway lands, strange uh, sounding names, and, and it goes on to the chorus, what's that I hear? Is it the sound of the trumpet? You know, I don't believe uh, that I have probably scripture for this, but I do believe in my heart that not everybody is going to hear that trumpet when it sounds. Amen. I believe that it's only going to be those that are blood-bought. It's only going to be those that have their ears tuned and are listening for the sound of that trumpet. I don't want to get so caught up in the things of this world. I don't want to get so caught up in the cares of this life that I become so distracted to the point that I forget to wake up every morning and wonder if this could be the day that these ears are going to hear the sound of the trumpet as Gabriel puts it to his angelic lips and he begins to blow it because when it sounds friend I want to tell you something I want to be able to hear the sound of that trumpet loud and clear as it calls me to my heavenly reward I want to have these feet rise from this earth and head towards the heavenly places that God has prepared for his people amen I don't want to become distracted I've got to be in tune. I must be sober. I must be vigilant because I do have an adversary. 
had become the mantra here seemingly for me uh, in my studies, in my preaching and teaching here lately. That scripture just keeps coming to mind. It keeps finding its way into my vocabulary. And I must say it over and over again. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because you have an enemy that is seeking to destroy your soul. He does not want you to make heaven your home. Believe that today. Many decades ago, technology was brand new. An inventor came up with the telegraph. It was the fastest method of long-distance communication. And there were uh, quite a few people that signed up and applied for a job as a Morse code operator. Everybody was looking for work. He was answering an ad in the newspaper, and so he found himself sitting in an office. But it wasn't just a handful of people. The office was filled with applicants that were desiring to have this coveted position as a Morse code operator. In the background, there was some tapping going on from the other office back where they're actually running the machines. And, and um, you could hear it kind of in the background, the tap, tap, tapity tap, tap as, as the Morse code operator began to send out the signal and began to tap. And the people that were in the room went about their business waiting for their names to be called. One was reading a newspaper. Another was talking to a, 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 a friend or an associate sitting next to him. Others were asking, you know, uh, about how their date was going or getting to know each other. Some of them were setting off to themselves, you know, insecure. Uh, about their position there and, and hoping that they were the one to be called. But there was one young man that simply got up and he walked out of the room into the, the door that was closed and he shut the door behind him and he went into the room where the tapping was going on. The other applicants sat in the room wondering what this man was doing. Nobody had called his name. Nobody had, had come and said, uh, we're looking for the next applicant or taken any numbers or anything like that. And it was a, a matter of a, shoe, a few short uh, uh, minutes. Uh, the man come back out of the, of the room and sat back down. And, and then another man uh, that worked for the company, uh, he came to the room and he said, you all are dismissed to go home. Well, that upset a lot of them. They didn't understand what had happened. Why had that man gone into the other room? What had he said? What had he done? And now they were all being sent home. Was there no need for the, the, the job anymore? And so they began to ask questions. And finally, the man that worked for the Morse Code Company, he said, here's the deal to all of you that are sitting out here. And here's the reason that that man got up and walked through the door and the reason that he got the job. Because in the background, the tapping that was going on that was simply background noise to most of you was actually sending out a message that said, if you understand this, please stand up and make your way into this room and, uh, and you have the job as our new Morse code operator. You see, while they were sitting there, only one of them understood what the code was saying. 
Only one of them understood the message that was being played in the background. Can I tell you today, amen, listen to me very closely. There's a lot of things going on in the background of all of our lives. There's things going on in your jobs. There's things going on in your home. There's things going on with your families. There's things going on uh, no matter where you go or who you are with that are trying to distract you. But when all of that is said and done, don't you allow it for one minute to cause you to miss the sound of the trumpet of Jesus Christ? Don't you let anything cause you to be dissuaded from serving God and doing what he has called you to do? Jesus had had to be frustrated with the disciples when he heard them talking. They were thinking he was upset with them over not bringing more than one loaf of bread with them onto the ship. He began to chastise them a little bit when he tells them, having eyes see ye not, and having ears hear ye not, and do ye not remember? Remember what? Well, if you go back just a little bit, you'll see what he's talking about. They had just fed the multitude with the fish and the loaves. Sometimes I wonder if there's such a thing as spiritual ADD. Sure. You know, we throw ADD over, uh, and label every, every kid that can't sit still and can't pay attention. And, and, uh, and there's ADD. Uh, people are talking about, you know, well, I, I, you know, it's their excuse for, for not being able to stay focused. And, and it's a real thing. I understand that. And sometimes uh, we have to deal with that. But, but in our spiritual lives, I look at people and, and I think, can you not remember what God has done for you in the past? Can you not remember? And I watch as God will reach down and put a family together or bring somebody through a, uh, something that would have taken their life or uh, brought them out of a hospital from a very sick condition or, or done some great and marvelous mighty act in their life and I'm thinking surely this will be the thing that solidifies their relationship with God only to find that it's not too long down the road before God looks around and says where is the one that I just used for the miracle? In my mind, I'm thinking, it's easy for us to forget the miracles that God has done. This Wednesday night, we're going to have a very special service. I've asked a few of our elders to to speak to us. And what I'm looking for is some encouraging words for for the rest of the church and especially our young people. These these young ladies and and, uh, young men, our, our youth group out here, we have some phenomenal young people and some phenomenal children that call Landmark Apostolic Church their home. And I have watched them as they have gone to youth convention. I've watched them as they've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I've watched them as they dedicated their lives at an altar of prayer. I've watched as God has begun to shape and to form them. But I also am intelligent enough to realize that there's an adversary that's trying to rob you of what God wants to do in your life and it's going to take more than just a miracle it's going to take more than just a blessing for you to step
stay in this race. But you are going to have to make up your mind. You're going to have to keep your ear tuned. You're going to have to be listening for the sound that not everybody else recognizes. But you, when you hear it, the word says, my, he, my, my sheep hear my voice. They know the sound of the, of the master's voice. They understand the sound of the master when he speaks to them. And so when God began to speak to you, don't you be distracted by everything else that's trying to go on in your life. Stay focused. Stay intent. I've even seen people tell me on Saturday night, I'll see you in the morning. See you at church tomorrow. Yeah, and by the next morning, they're nowhere around. The only way that you will ever have a successful life living for God is if you will set all the uh, distractions aside and listen to his voice. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You know, the shepherd can bring all their sheep together and they can combine them all together. And out on the side of a field, you might have three or four shepherds with all their flocks mingling together amongst each other out on the side of the field, uh, side of a hill feeding. But when it comes time to leave, you might ask yourself, how in the world does that guy know which sheep are his? How in the world out of all of those hundreds of sheep, I'll tell you how. Is because when he's ready to go, the shepherd stands up. He begins to call his sheep with his sound of his voice. And his sheep understand and they recognize the voice of their master. They recognize the voice of the one that cares for them, the one that feeds them, the one that takes them to green pastures. And they don't have to be coddled. They don't have to be screamed or yelled out. All he has to do is begin to call out to his sheep, to his flock. And that flock will separate themselves from the rest of the sheep that are on the hillside. And they will begin to one by one follow the voice of their shepherd. The voice of the Lord brings instruction. The voice of the Lord says there's greener pasture over here. The voice of the Lord may tell you to follow me and stay away from something that's dangerous. The voice of the Lord may tell you it's time to rest. Amen. That young man that was sitting in that office would have never gotten the job had he not gotten up off of the chair and followed the instruction of the tapping of the code that was being sent out as it was being typed. And Jesus said, my sheep don't just hear my voice, but they obey what I tell them to do. It's one thing to hear the voice of the shepherd and yet another to obey what that voice commands us to do. Psalms 95 and 7 says, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice. I believe that God has been speaking to some and you've been trying to outrun the voice of God. The Lord has been whispering in your ear at times and calling to your heart and you know it's him. 
And so what do we do when we don't want to hear the sound of the one that's calling us? We distract ourselves with other things. We allow the voice to be muddled in all the sounds that are going on around us. And we can pretend that we didn't hear it when all along we know that it doesn't take a whirlwind, it doesn't take an earthquake. All we need is a whisper from God to know that he's calling us. First Kings 19.11, he said, Go forth, stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. A great and strong wind rent the mountains, break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still, small voice. We're mistaken if we think that the only way God ever speaks to us is through some mighty act, through some great, phenomenal miracle. If only Lee Stone King would come down and whisper in my ear and tell me. <laughs> Some of you are like, who's Lee Stone King? He's a phenomenal preacher amongst us. If only some great name preacher, if only, if only the pastor would lay his hand upon me and, 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 and at the top of his voice announce what I need to do. You know what? It doesn't always work like that. As a matter of fact, I believe in this quiet moment right now, the Lord is speaking to some hearts. And he's drawing. Can you hear him? Can you hear him? God's voice is not always the loudest thing in the room. But if you can get past the distractions, you'll hear him speaking to you. I was speaking with my wife not too long ago. It seems like it becomes quite the conversation, topic of conversation lately about my lack of hearing. <laughs> it seems to have gotten worse over the past few years. She used to just let it slip by, and, and, and now she's, she just starts laughing because <clears throat> she'll say something to me, and I last night she said something about, Something about a skirt, and I said, "What shirt?" <laughs> I just she said she just starts laughing. I said, "That's not what you said, right?" <laughs> like, no, I was talking about a skirt, a skirt and shirt. That that one's actually fairly easy to you know you can kind of. <clears throat> I won't go into the ones that are just like so totally off. You're like, how did you come up with that? Here's the problem that I have. I can talk to somebody one-on-one -on -one with, without any problems. As a matter of fact, I've learned uh, to read lips fairly well. I'm, I'm not that deaf, but I mean, <laughs> I, 
I think I told our Wednesday night class I was visiting somebody up the hospital several months ago, and he had a trick in his throat, and he couldn't make a sound. I mean, all he could do is mouth the words. And uh, <laughs> we had the greatest conversation. He hadn't really spoken to anybody in a long time that could understand him, and he was talking to me, and I would just respond. I didn't, we didn't miss a lick. Not a, not a sound coming out of his mouth, but I was reading his lips and I could understand him. And, and it's because I have, that's, that's the way I, that I've found myself communicating a lot of times. If somebody's head is turned for me, I, 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 I can't understand what they're saying, but, but I use my sight and my hearing to piece it all together. And I looked at the man, I said, do you, are you able to talk with your wife as good as you and I are speaking with each other? He said, no. He said, we, we can't hardly talk at all. And I said, am I catching everything you're saying here? He's like, perfect. <laughs> we just had this whole conversation. When I get in a room with a lot of background noise, it's hard for me to stay focused. I used to be able to multitask. The older I get, when I hit about 42, 43, all of a sudden all my multitasking ability went right out the tube, right down the tube. <laughs> out the window down the tube it's all it all means the same to me <laughs> here's the point i have difficulty hearing so i've developed the habit of watching people's mouth in other words i've got to have my eyes upon you in order to understand you Isaiah said it this way, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. One cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Verse 6 goes on to say, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. Isaiah had gotten used to relying on Uzziah for his help. But Uzziah failed God in the latter years of his life. And it had become a hindrance to Isaiah's walk with God. So Uzziah gave Isaiah a position, and that position caused Isaiah to lose sight of God. King Uzziah had become a distraction to Isaiah. And it was only when he died that Isaiah, read the scripture, saw the Lord. When he saw the Lord, that's when he saw himself. And then he said, Woe is me, for I am undone, 
because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. It was only when Isaiah cut away the distractions that he saw God for who he really was. And when he saw God for who he really was, it revealed to him of who he had become. And he realized, I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. I, woe is me. I am lost and I am undone. And I am a man of unclean lips. Would you stand with me today? Today has been a day full of distractions. Things not going as planned. Things that have thrown a kink in the works, so to speak. And yet, somehow this church has managed to focus, come together and worship the Lord. But I wonder as individuals, what you will go home to today. Would you bow your heads with me right now? I'm going to go home to a house. My spouse supports my walk and my relationship with God, but that cannot be said for everyone here. I grew up in a home where my parents were thrilled that I served God, but that's not everybody's story here. Some of you will deal with distractions before this day is over. But I've come with a message for you today. Don't forget your purpose. Don't let anything cause you to see yourself through God's eyes. I wonder if you'd gather in with me this morning, those that would. I wonder if you'd find a place to really just cut away from all the distractions around you. If you can't come to this altar, maybe your body won't allow you to kneel down. Just sit right where you're at. Just take a seat if you want. Stand if you want. I want you to take some time right now to completely focus. Completely focus. Cut away all the distractions right now. I don't, I'm not even asking for you to pray with anybody. Sometimes that can become a distraction. There's times when, when that's necessary and that's good. But right now, I just want it to be you and the Lord. And I want you to be honest with Him. And I want you to let Him be honest with you. Could it be that we've been so distracted that sometimes we forget where we're at in God? I just want God to take away everything that stands between him and I. Remove all the barriers. Remove all the distractions. Remove the things from my mind right now that will keep me from getting what I need from him. I want the Lord to begin to minister to you.